Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Rookie Bible, pretty much. I think it's safe to say we can call it a rookie Bible, uh, where we talk about the rookies uh, that we can pick in Supercoach. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato, that's apparently name is Kelly at the moment, but welcome, Pato. Thank you, Dano. Yes, uh, my laptop carked it, so I've had to use the missus's laptop, is- so you'll have to bear with me if I have any technical dish issues, because... She has a very old laptop, but anyway, that's fine. We'll get through it, Dana. We're here. Yes, we have scraped the barrel, scraped the cupboard. It's pretty bare in there, but we've found some rookies worth discussing, Dana, and we're going to share it with our lovely listeners, and hopefully we can try and find some rookies for our benches, Dana, and some guys that will make some money for us. Yep, yep. We're going to try and power through these all, guys, so bear with us. So we'll start in defense. Uh First one that we've got on our list is Sam DeConing, 123K defensive forward swing. Um, he's taken over Lockie Henderson's role. And to be honest, he looked really good um, in the um, Amy series. Uh, so to Pato, what do you reckon? I reckon he's a big lock. Yeah, I think you've got to lock him in. I, I don't think he's going to score 92. Um, he'll be very up and down. He's playing a key defense role, but... As you said, looked pretty good, Dano. And of the defensive rookies, he looks like he's probably got the best job security. So at 123K, you've just got to lock that in and hope that we can get 60 average out of him and make some coin. Yep, exactly. The next one we've got on our list is uh, a Richmond Tiger that Pato is frothing over that I really wanted the Giants to draft. And that's Josh Gibkiss, a 171K. Uh, He scored a 65, um, I think by the way that it sounded uh, at the Richmond camp that he's going to be pretty much play every game where he's fit. So as long as he doesn't get sore, he's going to play. Uh, Pato, what do you reckon? I'm not so sure about that, Dono. His short-term job security looks really good. Grimes and Bloston are both in doubt to play Carlton next week. However, not only is he a lockdown defender, so at 171,000, that's not great because you'd probably need at least a 70-odd to, to make some at least 150K from that. I'm not sure he can do it. I, th- I think, yeah, being a key defender and being still a teenager as well. Massive raps, this kid's going to be good, I think. However, as a super coach scorer, I don't love it. I think there's probably better options at the price point. And I'm not sold that he will play a, a full quota of games this year, Dano. Yep, it may all depend enough. on how it's going to go. If we come out and, and are 50% after the first eight games, then he'll probably get thrown in the deep end. But if it looks like we might be all right this year again, Dano, I wouldn't be surprised if we go with someone a bit older in that lockdown role and maybe go back to a Grimes playing a key key back role. But we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Well, we only needed to make cash at the start of the year. So anyway, uh, we'll move on to the next one, which is Paddy McCartan. Mr. Concussion is back. 157K defensive forward swing. Played pretty good, um, even in the uh, pracky match against the Giants. Played well as the third tall. Of, well, could you call it a third tall? I don't even know. Looks like he can intercept. Pretty decent. Job security, all right. Pato, you've locked him in. I think he's one of the other big locks in defense, considering the amount of rookies that we lack certainty over. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he probably looks the second best in terms of job security past round one or two. 
personally speaking. Um, I, and, and it's a, a feel-good story as well. We, we all know how, how much he struggled with those concussions at St Kilda and he's got his second chance at Sydney and they've thrown him down back and he's looked pretty good in that defence role. So I, I really like Paddy McCartan. He's absolutely locked into my team. And um, yeah, it looks good as an intercept defender. So I think obviously all health dependent, um, he should be locked into everyone's team. Yep. We've got the next one is Denver Granger Barras at 206K, 35 super coach he scored. Job security is all right, but 206K, you want someone to be scoring at least 65, at least, like even 70s. And I can't see this bloke doing it. Pato, your thoughts? No, he actually was a really promising intercept defender as a, a youngster. And he had a bit of hype around him in preseason 12 months ago, just because he was that intercept defender. Didn't get a debut. I think he picked up an injury in the the preseason, like late in the preseason and obviously missed his chance at debuting. But the issue is at Hawthorne, they've got so many of those intercept defender types. I think Denver will play. I think he'll play a lot of games this year, but he's going to play a lockdown defender and it's just at 260K, that's fucking gross. We'd have to have an absolute disaster in terms of other rookies not being named to have to start Denver. As as I as I mentioned, he's got good job security, but his scoring potential is very low. So avoid, avoid, avoid. Unless, as I said, some reason De Koning doesn't play or McCartan or or whatever. But yet, yeah, job security, yes. Role, no. Yeah, that's fair. Mitchie Hinge, we've got. Um, we're kind of looking at him this preseason. One eighty k, got a sixty four in Super Coach. He had like a a, a role change mid community series. Um, what was he actually doing, Pato? Because I only saw it when he was from the wing onwards. Yeah, so he started off in defense and didn't look great. It was, I mean, whether it was a halfback role, whether it was sort of like a lockdown role, it was really hard to tell because he didn't get near the footy. But after halftime, they threw him on a wing and looked really good on a wing, really good, um, to the point where he probably scored 40 or 50 in a half playing on that wing role. So Kit to goal as well. I think they really like his work rate. And I think he, he works perfect on the wing. But the issue is Adelaide have a couple of guys out um, who could play that role. So it's all dependent on, on whether he gets named, obviously. And there's a huge question mark on his injury history as well. Um, he started out at Brisbane and just couldn't get on the park because the guy was always injured. So look, at 180K, it's a little bit risky. If he's named on a wing um, to start off the game, I think you'd probably roll the dice and start him even at 180K. But if he's named on a bench or, or on in the in the back line, I would probably avoid Hinge, to be completely honest. But his job security looks pretty good as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. Anyway, we've got the next one. Jordan Boyd from Carlton. Carlton, 123K. Got 40 super coach. We're playing a little bit of a lockdown defender role. Um, I don't know about his job security, though, Pato. What do, you, what do you reckon with his job security? Yeah, I think with um, with Jones going out, I think it looks okay. I don't think off the top of my head, Carlton have many guys out in defence. So I think he'll play, but the role looks horrible. And once again, we'd need an absolute catastrophe with other defenders not playing to consider starting Jordan Boyd. I just, yep. yeah, I don't think the scoring potential is there. Yep. We've got Nathan Kruger on the list, but um, he has been suspended for round one. Um, he's 198k and he scored a 17, so probably wouldn't pick him anyway. Which <laughs> nah, nah, Carlton are in. Oh, sorry, Collingwood are in rabble at the moment in defense. They've just had so many injuries, so it'll be whoever's fit playing round one. I mean, Mason Cox might have to go down there and play fullback for them in round one. 
is Will Kelly. Um, is he? Yeah, is he I fit think at Will Kelly's. Will Kelly's probably the one that will play in defence, but I wouldn't have any confidence picking him because as soon as those other guys are healthy, I think he comes out of the team. So Collingwood will, will play around a lot with their lineup. So I don't mm. love Will Kelly. I don't love Kruger. It's just yeah, it's hard to say. Don't know. Yeah, Will Kelly is one twenty three k, and he's a defensive forward swing. But yeah, like Pato said, wouldn't have faith picking him unless we're really desperate. To be honest, I'd rather pick him out of desperation than a Denver Granger Barris. To be honest, um, yeah, we've got. You, oh yeah. So just quickly, you'd hate to have uh, start him and have a a McRae situation of last year where he plays yeah. three or four games and scores thirties, and then you're just stuck with him in your team. Um, you want to try and avoid that as best as possible. So. I think it's probably worth paying that a little bit more for a Paddy McCartan or a, or a Mitch Hinge just because they've probably got better job security. Yeah, yeah. We could put Mitchy Cox in here. Now, he's one of the supplemental player signings um, at 102K. Yeah, he's a mature ager. Could play due to Coleman's injury. He's out for like 10 weeks or something. It's a lot. Um, was actually a highly rated junior too, by the way. Built like a brick shit house, so if he is named, I'd lock him in. Evie, and this is something that I will when we discuss our teams, Pato. I've actually got him in at the moment anyway, just for a defensive mid swing loop kind of deal, because as we know, we love our loophole options. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've got for Mitchie Cox. I can't really see picking him other than looping or hopefully. He plays, but yeah, loop option for me, Pato. What about you? Yeah, just quickly on the loop situation. I don't like the idea of starting with a loop this year just because of the rookie situation. Yep. Mitch Cox is in my team currently. I don't love it though, only because I think he'll play around one. I think he'll play next week. But Darcy Wilmot is a youngster that Brisbane really like and had a really good preseason, but he got himself suspended for around one. Yep. So I think one of those two are playing for that one spot that Coleman uh, is probably the, the first choice. So one of those two will have eight or nine games in that role. I just, Cox, if Cox has a, a below average game, Darcy Wilmot comes in in round two, and then you've got 102K guys sitting on your bench doing nothing. However, as you said, Dano, it's not the worst thing to have a loophole in defense, especially as a dual position player to be able to swing between defense and midfield. So Look, there's 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 some maneuvering to do there if you like it, um, but we'll see if Mitch Cox is named. I don't think I'll start him if he's not named in round one. Yep. yep. But if he's named, I might be tempted to start him just because he's 102k. Yeah. Okay. We got Rory Thompson, the return key defender for the Gold Coast Suns, 123k, two ACLs. He's done. He hasn't played since like 2018. Um, if if he's named, he could be a very good slow burner. Um, but I don't think he's averaged more than 69 in his career. And I think that was in his second or third year playing since Gold Coast were established. So, Pato, your thoughts on Rory Thompson? Yeah, I mean, this guy's nearly 31 years old. And as you said, hasn't averaged over 70 his whole career. So, would be absolutely be a slow burner. But at that age and coming off a couple of ACLs, do you think Gold Coast would be more inclined to play a Mac Andrew in defence or will they, will they go with Rory Thompson? It might depend on how they're looking on field. Um, they had a pretty good performance on the weekend. They beat, they won, didn't they? They beat. Yeah, they beat Geelong. Um, Geelong. To be honest, they should have beaten them by more. Yeah, so I mean, if they come out and win a couple of games early, they might be more inclined to go with the older guy and not throw Mac Andrew in there early. But if it's looking like every other year for Gold Coast, 
Um, they'll probably just throw Mac Andrews there in there instead. But as we said, if he's named round one, could be worth a start. He won't set the world on fire from a scoring perspective, but he'll play every every week. And like we had Nathan Brown quite a few years ago from Collingwood, Dano. Um, mm-hmm. You keep him to the buys, he'll make he'll make 100K over that time and he'll play every week. And maybe that is what you need this year. Yep. We've got the last two in our defensive line. I'm going to do them at the same time because there's we've got question marks over whether they play round one or not. That's O'Driscoll at 123K defensive mid-swing and Joshy Sin, 157K defensive mid-swing. Both the outside chances to be named. Um, you've got to consider them, in my opinion. I've currently got both in my team. Whether they're placeholders or not is another thing. But O'Driscoll showed a lot on the wing. Sin did show a lot. He didn't show much in the Amy Community Series game, though. But Porter really high on him. So those two, Pato, I think everyone's got to consider, and especially in defense, because there's just so few options. Yeah, I think O'Driscoll's probably closer to play next week than Sin. I think Sin will probably be the first guy to come into defense if they get an injury or suspension or bad form or whatever. So one to keep an eye on, uh, Josh Sin, for sure. Um, hopefully he doesn't play around three because that's really shit timing. But if they, he can wait till round six or round seven and be a perfect downgrade option for that guy that races out of the blocks, then um, happy days. So definitely guys to keep an eye on as well as Charlie Dean as well as a 102K. Um, I think he's probably going to miss eight, six or eight weeks, but will be a perfect downgrade option as a 102K defensive rookie. All right, we'll go to our mids now. Um, we don't really have to talk about these guys too much, the first two. We've got Nick Dacos and Jason Horn-Francis. 193K Nick Dacos. Got 100 super coach and 31 touches. Got Jason Horn-Francis at 207K, 87 super coach. Um, he, both of them are locks. They're biggest locks. You, if you don't start them, you're an idiot. Pato, you agree? Yeah, you've got to start them. Um, add, adding to that as well, Dano, I think they'll both gain DPP by round six. Dacos will probably get a defense... Um, swing and Jason Horn Francis might get a forward swing. I don't think yep. either will play as much midfield as they did in the preseason. Dacos will probably play a bit more than Horn Francis in the middle, but um, both incredibly talented youngsters, Dano, and hopefully we can get a, a good season out of them, unlike someone like Matt Rowell, who, who blasted out of the gates and very similar players to both of these guys, but unfortunately picked up that injury. So, yeah. You've got to start both of them. Don't worry about their price tag. They'll play. Um, they'll they'll look great. And yeah, the future is bright for both of those kids. Now, the next two, I think you've got to have minimum one of them. And that's Dylan Stevens at 167K and Joshy Ward at 180K. Dylan Stevens got a 63 super coach from 20 touches, but Joshy Ward without obviously O'Meara and without Tom Mitchell got a 124 super coach in 67% time on ground. Um, so both of them, I've got both of them currently, as well as Horn Francis and Dacos, but I think you've got to have minimum one of Ward and Stevens. Yeah, Ward in particular looked unbelievable. Uh, Richmond weren't even an inexperienced midfield either. So to do it against those guys is a very special effort. I think they'll give every opportunity for Josh Ward to be as good as he can be this year. Um, even next, I think he'll be that third guy next to Tom Mitchell and Jago Mira. I think they'll throw the other guys around a bit more um, who have had plenty of chances in the last few years to 
to play that midfield role. But I think Josh Ward is the future for that club in the midfield. Um, he'll learn heaps off Tom Mitchell as well in particular. And yeah. this kid's going to be very good as well. So Josh Ward, I think you've got to lock in. Dylan Stevens, I can understand if people are skeptical on. Um, but it looks like he's playing a similar role uh, to Jordan Dawson last year. He got 20 touches as well. So he played a few games last year as well. So I think that plays into really, really good consideration. Um, he, I think it will be similar to a Chad Warner from two years ago where he played a couple of games late, but then hit the ground running in round one last year. And obviously Chad Warner was brilliant for Sydney last year. And I think Dylan yep. Stevens will be a similar sort of player in terms of scoring this year in Supercoach. Yep, yep, I agree. Now we're going into some bench options here. Now, with the West Coast Eagles, we got Tom Joyce, uh, 123K. You got a 50 sips, 50 sips. <laughs> I need 50 sips. Um, 56 <laughs> Supercoach. <laughs> From 60% time on ground, he looked like that in and under player that they need to accompany Yo. 100%. He will play. Yeah, West Coast are fucked at the moment and they need someone and Tom Joyce looks like that midfielder that they've been screaming out for. Pato, what do you think? Yeah, I think they threw a lot of guys in there in their game against Freo on the weekend and Tom Joyce is probably the one that forced himself into that team. Like he wasn't even on the list at that stage, but they signed him up pretty quickly after that. And 123K, I think you've got to play him. He had, uh, what was it? 10 center bounce attendances. Um, got 56 super coach from 60% time. Um, and he was playing a midfield role. So I think he probably ever moved him himself ahead of guys like Connor West and Xavier O'Neill and guys that have been on the list for a few years. So Tom Joyce, if he's named, lock him in. I think he's a really good bench option. And West Coast are looking absolutely terrible. So they need midfielders. They need guys that are healthy. And Tom Joyce ticks those boxes. Yeah, I was looking on Big Footy and a few of the Eagles fans actually said that he showed more in one game than Xavier O'Neill showed in his entire career in the midfield. So, fuck. I think I think that speaks volumes right there. Anyway, we've got another Stevens. Cooper Stevens from Geelong. 123k, 62, uh, 60, fuck me dead, 62 super coach from 64% time on ground. He looked decent. Uh, he's not he's not 18 or anything like that. He's a mature age. So he should should get a chance, Pato. Yeah, Cooper's 21. So we know Geelong like their mature ages. Um, he was drafted in 2019. So he's waited a while to get his opportunity. Had a really good preseason from all accounts. And They've given him a pretty good role as well. And we've seen in past years, Geelong are willing to give guys 10 weeks to sort of find their feet. And I think Cooper Stevens will be that guy this year. He'll be like a Bradley Close from a couple of years ago and, and those sort of guys that get the opportunities. So it'd be hard not to start Cooper Stevens, if I'm honest. Um, he's not in my team currently, but I think I need to work work him in somehow. Yep. I accidentally skipped Connor McDonald, so I feel like a dick. Um, Connor McDonald from Hawthorne, 117K, 52 super coaching, 71% time on ground. He should, we think, we think he'll play, um, but it's the role that I'm worried about. Um, Pato, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't love the role that he'll probably play. Um, he played a half forward role, but that was without Jager and Tom Mitchell playing against Richmond. So if he makes the 22, He'll probably be a bench guy and, and play random jobs or he'll be the sub. And obviously you don't want to start him if he's the sub. So I think it's probably better options. I think Stevens is actually probably the better option than McDonald. McDonald has looked okay in at times in the preseason, but as I said, it's all role dependent. And when everyone's playing, he just won't get those midfield minutes that will mean he'll score well. Yep. Next one, Jake Saligo, 117K, 45 super coach. 
I don't actually know if his job security is good. Pato, you reckon it's good, but um, he'll be playing forward pocket if he does play. So I'm I'm not about it. Yeah, I mean, the job security seems good, but the role seems terrible. Forward pocket for Adelaide, no thanks, pass next. Yeah, that's it. The only, there's only one forward pocket for Adelaide that I'll be picking, and that's in the forward line. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about him later. Um, we got Brady. Oh, how the fuck do you pronounce this? Is it Hugh? Who? What the fuck? I mean, phonetically, it's off, but that's the teacher in me going, oh, it's off. But anyway, um, it's probably Hugh. It's probably, I don't know. It's probably something stupid. Fucking hell. He's 117K anyway. We'll just go that BH. We'll call him BH. 117K. 47 super coaching, 83% time on ground. Um, Reason why we put him on here is because West Coast have no fucking players. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, yeah, I honestly don't think he'll play at all. I think um, there'll be two other SDS signings that will play. Um, one we've already spoken about, and one we will speak about very soon. So, pass for me. I don't think he'll play. Yeah, fair, fair. Anyway, we go to the rucks. We have got Sam Hayes from Port Adelaide, one twenty three k, thirty six super coach from forty five percent time on ground, nineteen hitouts. We'll be back up ruck. I don't know whether he actually plays though. Yeah, it just really depends. Um, Pato, your thoughts? Well, they've said that he'll play next to Scott Lysette and they'll split ruck duty. So Scott Lysette is moving on a bit in age. So they've decided that they need to throw their young up-and-coming ruckman into the fire. So I think they'll support him through backing up with Lysette and maybe give him the number one role next year. So Hayes will be given every opportunity to succeed this year, I think. And I think he'll be a really good R3. So he's locked into my team. Yeah, that's fair. We've got Braden Proust on here. Uh, 204K, 102 supercoach from 78% time on ground. The only thing is, one, he's splitting ruck with Flynn. Two, he's suspended for round one. Three, he was actually in um, the role that Jesse Hogan would normally play. So with me, I'm still eh about whether or not, how consistently he would play. When you watch the game, Flynn looks miles ahead of Bruce in terms of mobility and even his ruck tapping, like his ruck tapping was good. So um, I'd, I wouldn't be starting Bruce um, on your field and I wouldn't obviously put 204K on your bench. Um, but Pato, what, would you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the fact that he's suspended, I don't see a world where you can start him. Even at R3, I, I think, as you said, it's too much. And if we've got Sam Hayes playing that saves you 80K, I think you do that. Um, yeah. If he was playing round one, it'd be very interesting because there's a lot of noise from some other guys. I listened to the coaches panel and they were very big on starting Bruce no. at R2, um, which no. I don't know if I would have had the balls to do, but just freeing up that 400K to spend elsewhere was very high on their radars but um obviously suspended now so i don't think you can start him i think they'll both play dano um you're the giants expert in here but i do get the sense that they'll play the dual rucks as well as jesse hogan as well as I can't see that happening it's too, it'll be too other. tall up forward yeah i mean you're, we'll, ta- we'll you're talking about doing. hogan you're, you're talking hogan ricardi who will not move he's he's locked and then harry himmelberg and then Bruce. there's yeah, four of like nah Four of your six are too tall. Yeah, we'll see what they do. Yeah. Now, the next one is Ned Moyle. One twenty-three k, twenty-one super coaching, thirty-two percent time on ground. Um, strong talks he's backing up with uh, wits. So if you 
start Jared Witts as R2. I would have Ned Boyle as backup, pretty much. Uh, Paddo, your thoughts? Yeah, this is a super interesting one. Like, obviously, you don't want to wish injury on anyone, but the amount of big guys that do ACLs and then do a second ACL straight away, think Nick Nat, um, and there's plenty of other examples of that. If Jared Witts does another ACL or another injury, Ned Moyle becomes their, their first ruck, and he's 123K. He'll play early on. Obviously, he won't score great backing up Wits, but this is all if you think that Wits may do another injury. It's not even just an ACL. He has had foot issues in the past. I'm talking about Wits. This is not Moyle. So could be a sneaky option to start if you think Bruce, uh, sorry, Wits may miss some time and could be a decent bench option. Yep. And the last one in the ruck line is Hugh Dixon, although we can put Jack Hayes in there too because he's DPP. Uh, both are 102K. Um, Hugh Dixon I've currently got on my bench in the ruck just because he's got that forward ruck swing with the other one that I mentioned. Um, but I don't think he'll score too well. Um, Pato, your thoughts? Yeah, we do love big, huge Dixon, but I don't love the role. I think he'll play, but in the preseason, it looked like he was just playing forward with Bailey Williams playing as the backup ruck. So essentially, Huge Dixon is playing Jack Darling's position until Jack Darling is match fit. Um, now there's news that has filtered through that he's finally fully vaccinated. So he took the foil off his off his head and, and went and got it done. So he'll play probably around three or four. So Dixon's not going to make enough money in four weeks to justify starting him. So I don't love it, Dano. If Nick Nat were to go down, that changes the conversation. But at this stage, no. Okay, we'll go on to the forwards. You know, I spoke earlier about one Adelaide forward that I would get in my team, and that is Josh. Is it Rashiel? Rashelli? What the fuck? How do you? This is this is where I fucking suck. How do you pronounce his last name? I mean, I Maybe. would say Rochelle. Um, Rochelle. I think we were calling him Rochelle in the broadcast, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's right because they get yeah. a lot of names wrong. I uh, will say Rochelle. 184k, 85 super coach, fucking look like an absolute jet. Yeah, that's all I can say. He's locked. He's locked for me. I liked what I saw. Yeah, the interesting one is he played that forward role. He got nine tackles, he kicked three goals, and he had four free kicks. So sounds like our man from last year, Dano, Sam Berry, um, from the same mm. club in the same probably role too. Um, seven contested possessions as well. So this is a guy that that grew up playing midfield. He's he'll have his initiation up forward. I don't love it, Dano, at the price point. If he was 120k, I'd be starting him. At this stage, he's not sitting in my team just because I don't love the price. Ooh. And I don't think he's going to kick three goals every week. And that's why I'm very skeptical on him. Yeah, but that's, that's I fair. Have changed my mind plenty of times before. <laughs> Oh, that's fair. That's fair. We've got uh, Hugo Ralph Smith uh, next at 206K, um, <clears throat> 72 supercoach from 20 touches, playing that halfback role vacated by Hooley. Uh, he looked good. He looked really good. Um, yeah. Pato, what do you think? You're the Richmond expert here. Yeah, I 20 touches and he had 10 marks as well. So they were trying to find him as well. Playing off halfback. I don't know if it's the Hooley role. I think he played more of the, the Liam Baker role. Because yep. Hooley was the run and carry guy, and I think that's going to be Dan Rioli. But between Ralph Smith, Rioli, and Short, I think they're going to, going to get plenty of footy off that half-back line. And the way that we're going to move the ball as well has changed a bit with David T coming in and helping that ball movement. So 
I really like Ralph Smith. He's in my team currently. He's a bit more expensive, but he's in a really good role. And that's what you look for. And I think if it doesn't go great down back, we've got a couple of defenders to come back into the team. I can see Ralph Smith moving onto a wing as well. Um, yep. I, there is a wing spot there available. McIntosh has got one locked in, but we've experimented with a few different guys on the other wing in preseason, including um, Jake Arts, which I don't like at all on a wing. So look, I, I like Ralph Smith's role. I think he, he's a lock in team personally. Yep. Now we've got a former Richmond player here that's just been signed by the West Coast Eagles, Patrick Nash at 189K, 58 super coach, you know, only 37% time on ground. He got enough to get obviously a list spot, um, but I, does he play? Does he play, Pato, or is he going to be a sub? I think he did enough. I think he's going to play. Um, it's just a shame that they didn't have him as a defensive mid. I don't know yeah. how he got forward status because he either played on a wing or halfback for Richmond in his whole career there. And it doesn't make any sense that he's got forward status, but um, if he's named, yeah. I really like it. Um, hopefully if he is named, they don't name him on the bench and we can have a little preview into what his role might be. Now, some teams, they don't always help us out by naming guys where they're going to play. But if he's playing on a halfback flank um, next to Witherden or something like that, I love the Pat Nash role. Uh, sorry, yep. the Pat Nash pick. Um, 58 and 37% game time is absurd. Now, a lot of people have mentioned that they're, they're worried about his fitness, his game fitness, but he trained a bit with St Kilda in preseason, obviously with the Eagles as well. And before that, he was signed up to a sample team. I think it was Sturt. So he, he's been going through preseason, so he's fine. Um, he's just got to get himself named. And I think that's going to happen. I think they gave him the 37%, playing him for a half um, just to get his spot on the list confirmed. But I think he's going to play, Dano. Yep, sweet. Next one, we've got Jack Hayes, 102K defensive. Sorry, not defensive. Fucking ruck forward swing. 60 super coach, six ruck uh, CBAs. If he's named, good option. I've currently got him. I'm actually not too worried about Ryder, to be honest. But yeah, Pato, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't love it just because of Ryder. Um, I think he's going to play that backup ruck slash forward role to Marshall while Ryder is out. But as soon as Ryder is fit and healthy, I think he comes straight in for Hayes. Unless Hayes comes in and, and sets the world on fire. And I know you're very big on him, Dano. So you're probably yeah. backing him in to set the world on fire. I don't know how that forward line shapes up, but I think there's other guys ahead of him. I love Jackie Hayes. Woodville West Torrens represent. Um, next one, we've got Nick Martin, 102K, signed up. With Essendon, um, 50 super coach and 42% time on ground. Plays forward pocket. He has kicked a bag in preseason as well. Um, he can play. He'll, yeah, he can he can play. And I think if he's named on field, you got you got to at least consider him. Um, Pato, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he picked up 16 touches in just 42% of a game in a half. So I, I, I really like it. I think Baldwin probably looks like he's going to play the forward pocket. Martin might play a little bit more up the ground as a link man. Um, he's not quite a small forward. He'll play up forward, but he's more of a medium-sized guy. So I think if named, I think you've got to start him. He's 102K and, yeah, the, the role looks okay. So I think you start him. And the next one we've got is Jed McKenty um, at 123K, 58 super coach in 80% time on ground. Played up forward, um, but will he play when Robbie Gray comes back? We don't know. 
um, I'm avoiding. Um, I think it's just hard to crack into that that side, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, what do, what do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, I think it's all going to depend on that Robbie Gray hamstring injury. I haven't heard too much about it since he did it. They took him off probably mostly as a precaution due to his age and history of hamstrings and soft tissues. But yeah, I don't know enough about Jed McKenzie to be keen to start him. Um, and as you said, the job security probably isn't great, even if he does play next week, because he's probably one or two bad games away from being dropped either for Robbie Gray coming back or someone else. So yeah, yeah. pass from me. Yeah. Next one we got now, I've been told it's Cherry. So Tristan Cherry, uh, 208K, uh, 96 super coach from 16 CBAs, played number one ruck role because Goldie's not, not pretty much playing at the moment. He'll play round one though. But is he a trap? Is he that's a big ass trap? That's actually incorrect, Dano. Todd Goldstein oh. has played both preseason games. Oh shit. So he's just passed. And started at full forward in both. So he was just pass. <laughs> so I I get the sense that Todd Goldstein is going to be their full forward this year and play backup ruck. So that's where this one is super interesting, Dano. Super interesting. Now, Tristan Cherry looked really good. Um, on the weekend scored very well however this is what I'm concerned with Callum Coleman-Jones didn't play yeah he played in their first preseason game and played the number one ruck role with Goldstein playing forward I think it's Coleman-Jones's role I think there is scope for Cherry to do well enough to stay in that role can you have full confidence though I'm not so sure. Um, it would take a very big gonaded person to start Tristan Cherry, especially at 208K, and he's only a forward. So obviously he will pick up ruck status after round six playing as that number one ruck role. But it's just, how long does he stay there? I think they recruited Callum Coleman-Jones and offered him that ruck role from round one this year, um, obviously health dependent. And I think it's his role still. But obviously that can change, as I said. So, yep. yeah, we'll yep. see. I, I don't know if they'll play all three. If they do play all three, we'll see who plays forward. I just think there's too many question marks. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he comes out next week in round one and scores 110 because he's playing that number one rock roll. Yep, yeah. Now we've got the next one. is the curious case of Elijah Hollands. The 123K forward mid. Didn't play in the Amy series, but... From what I'm hearing, he's a good chance at round one because he absolutely fucking slayed their VFL warm-up game. And I, I don't know if this is correct or not, but I heard that he booted something like five goals. And he just took the piss. So, yeah, it could be wrong. There's just rumors that I've heard about how he played. We've got obviously no stats on it. But, the yeah, around Twitter and everything, everything's swirling, and we have to cover him. That as Elijah Holland's killed that game, and he's in contention for round one. So, got to discuss him. Former top ten, top five. Was he ten or top ten or top five? I can't remember. I think he was about seven, maybe. Yeah, he's very high draft pick. They rate him so highly. Um, he's on everyone's preseason radar. Um, got injured. Now he's obviously not injured, and yeah, so. I've got him in my team currently, even though he didn't play in the Amy series. Pato, what are your thoughts? Here's the interesting thing about Elijah Holland's day, no? Gold Coast had 30 shots on goal against Geelong, who Geelong think they're pretty good. I don't think they're very good at all. I think they'll miss the eight. Um, 
bang. Pato goes bang. It might be a tough team to crack into from that Amy series challenge. However, some of their forwards were almost non-existent. Now, Levi Casbolt barely touched the footy. Completely different player. Levi Casbolt's a key yeah. forward. You need him yeah. playing. So let's ignore that. Isaac Rankin, another fellow top draft pick. Three frees against, didn't kick a goal. Had nine touches, but did fuck all with it. So yeah. is his spot up for grabs? Probably not. I think they'll persist with Isaac Rankin. He's too good at his best to not play. But there's some other guys that played in that forward line. I mean, Alex Sexton wasn't great, but he's another one that's probably nailed in in his role. He's had some big games in the past and they really like him. But it all depends on how they they um, line up in their day. Now, we know Holland is more of a midfielder than a forward. Yep. But if he's going to crack into this team, it's going to be as a forward. So, I mean, maybe they go small. Maybe they drop Casbolt and just have maybe your Chole and Ned Moyle be the forward targets um, with a little bit of... Caleb Graham up there as well and and just sort of roll with that. And Jack Lukosius played forward as well. So it'd be interesting to see how they line up, Dano. Um, if he's named, I think it's tough not to start him. Yeah. Especially at 123K. But his job security, how good is it? We don't know. But yeah, as you said, highly rated run- youngster, top draft pick. They'll be pretty he'll get games this year. It's just depending on whether he'll play round one or not. Yep, yeah. Anyway, the next two, we've got Connor West and Willie Rioli. Um, don't have their prices up. Willie, I think, is like 216 or something like that. Connor's like, what, 160, 249, Connor West is. Oh, shit. Well, there you go. We shouldn't even have him really on the list, but we got him anyway. Um, both had center bounce attendance roles. Both were shit. Yeah, that's all that needs to be said. Um, <laughs> that's why they signed Tom Joyce, pretty much. Um, yeah. No, I wouldn't be touching them. Willie Rioli had a bit of hype because of, mentioning that he was going to get midfield time coming off his suspension. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's an idiot. He's probably going to take a bag of weed into Cairns Airport again and get caught again. Yeah. So don't uh, don't love it. Don't love the Willy Rioli pick, even as a mature rager. Um, West Coast is going to be fucking terrible again this year. And if you go into that midfield and look terrible with Nick Nat shoving the ball down your throat, um, you probably shouldn't be playing midfield. So Connor West, Willy Rioli, cross them off the list. No, thank you. Yeah, I have a feeling West Coast games are going to be um, televised primarily on Pornhub this year. But anyway, um, or Brazzers, I don't know. Um, anyway, Kane Baldwin, we've got next. Uh, 123K, 48 in 80% playing time up forward. Um, he's a sneaky chance of playing round one, two, apparently. Um, so, yeah, I just keep an eye on him. I do, 48 in 80% doesn't impress me, but rookie. So, Pato? Yeah, 19-year-old. Um, questionable job security, questionable role. Um, I don't love it. They've got some guys to come back into that team as well, including Jake Stringer. So I don't – if he plays next week, I don't think he plays more than four in a row and then he's then he's out of the team again. So Nick don't Martin's love better. it even if he's named. Nick Martin's better. Um, last one who really impressed me personally is Corey Durden. 143K, got 43 and 43% time on ground. He got subbed out as a precaution when he had an in. Well, they thought it was an injury. They just were cautious with it. He got two goals from five touches, but I liked what I saw a lot. Pato, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I didn't actually catch this game. So 
It's interesting you say that because it's easy to look at stats and go, oh, he only had five touches and he's got the injury symbol because he got subbed out. But the eye test is just as important as the stats, I think, Dano. And the fact that you've said that um, means something. It absolutely means something. That's why you've got to watch these games if you can because if a player like that catches your eye, don't even worry about his score. Um, If he looks like he's in a decent role, it's preseason. They're not trying 100% unless you're trying to make a spot in the team. So, look, could be one to watch. We'll see what his role is. Um, being 143K, does that mean he was a higher rookie, Dano? I could be wrong. Cannot recall, to be honest. But who really cares because he plays for Carlton, but anyway. Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, I've, I'm trying to look it up here now. Um, there's just not much really on him. It's just saying. He was a pick 37 in the 2020 draft. So There you go. And he's a 19-year-old. I don't love it. I, 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 he impressed me. Just the eye test impressed me. So He averaged 33 in two games last year. Yeah, I think he played a sub, though. He may well have. He played against the Giants in round 23 and played against the Power in round 22. I think he might have played a sub. But anyway, regardless, we've gone over our rookies. Um, we're going to do a... Another podcast after this, reviewing the Amy community series and players and stuff like that um, that impressed us um, as well. So, yeah, we'll get onto that one for all you guys. Um, but, yeah, follow us on our socials as well. Um, we got Civic Coach Co-Captains on Facebook. Give us a fucking like. Give us a fucking like. Um, I'm really shitty about this uh, this uh, Super Coach IQ poll uh, that they got going on about the best Super Coach podcast. Um, because we weren't even named, Pato. What the fuck? What the fuck, man? Nah, we didn't make it, but our, our loyal listeners know that we are the ones. Um, we don't need a poll to, to, to know that they love us and we're their favourites. So, fuck Supercoach IQ. <laughs> we're in a league of our own, I reckon. We did have a few people tweet saying, like, pretty much when I said, oh, we're in a league of our own and stuff. And, yeah, they, they liked it. So, um but yeah, our super coach, um, our, our Twitter socials, I should say. Um, Pato, what's your Twitter handle? That is P A T O S Triple C. And mine is D A N E O S Triple C. Yeah, so we're going for a big year. We've got some bold calls this year. Um, I keep chopping and changing my side around because there's a POD that I really like that people are trying to talk me out of. But as Pato knows, I just love a good POD and I love making calls and then people having breakout seasons and I tell them fucking told you so. Um, and there's a couple that I'm, I'm just going to talk myself into sensibility. Maybe one, not two or three, just one, just one. Um, Pato, thanks as always. Pleasure, mate. Keen to jump into the next one as well. Yep. Thick as. So anyway, Listeners, from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. And thank you for getting vaccinated, Jack Darling. Boom.